Hi, this is Sheila with the Communicate Influence podcast. I hope you're all staying safe and taking care of yourselves wherever you're located. Curtis Holland is a voiceover artist who narrates books, podcast ads, announcements, and more. He's been working for just over a year in voiceover. And when he's not narrating, Curtis is a full-time drama teacher at an international baccalaureate school in Asia. In this episode of the Communicate Influence podcast, Curtis gives listeners tips on how to improve your presentation voice, how to warm up, how to take care of your voice, and how to care for your vocal cords. Now, here's a short message from our sponsor, PodThreads. PodThreads is a new clothing brand for podcast listeners and creators. Show your appreciation for podcasts and their creators by wearing one of PodThreads' exclusive designs. Find PodThreads at podthreads.com. That's P-O-D-T-H-R-E-A-D-S dot com. Hi, Curtis. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sheila. Thank you for having me this morning or this evening for you. Yes, that's right. We're 12 hours apart, aren't we? Yeah. And thousands of miles apart. You're joining us from Asia. Thank you so much. Um, No problem. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Curtis. I know that we're going to talk about voice work, voiceovers, how to take care of your voice, how to get gigs, loads of stuff about voice. And before we jump into that, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, so I'm from Canada. And I, when I graduated from university, I really wanted to teach my subject, which is drama, full time. So I ended up leaving to I ended up leaving to Asia to teach at international schools. And after eight years, this is my normal. Uh, and then when the pandemic started, that was kind of when I got into voiceovers and actually getting paid for my voice. But I had started working with a bit of stuff um, when I did my podcast a couple of years ago. I had a I have a podcast still. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. You've obviously worked with your voice for quite some time. You you said that you went to drama school. I'm curious, Curtis, were you were you the kind of child who who enjoyed drama or enjoyed using your voice, or did it happen kind of in high school and when you went to university? Uh, so I was a weird one. I, like the way I've always been is I don't say anything that I don't mean or I don't engage with someone that I don't want to. So um, some people or in some instances, I'd be like really quiet or standoffish. I would choose my words carefully. And when I had opportunities to perform for people, that was when I I was always on that. Uh, Always constantly being filmed by by my parents Mm -hmm. and always wanting to to be a part of the school productions. So it was something that naturally came to me. But I was like a half and half. Okay, so you were kind of like, sometimes you love to perform, but it would depend on who it was and who the audience was. Yeah, hmm. I like to think I, I, was, I was genuine from, an, from a young age. Good, yeah, authentic. Yeah. You, you selected your, your friends and your companions carefully. Exactly. Which is what most wise people should do, I would say. Definitely. Yeah, and so, as you mentioned, we... You know, we had we we have we're in the midst of a global pandemic, which is proving to be difficult for many, many people, especially people who've lost their jobs and 
people who've been really ill and are having a, a long time uh, off work to recover because there are so many lasting symptoms. But for other people, it's been an interesting time because they've had some downtime and they've actually been able to pursue passions or interests. And it sounds as though you're one of those people. Tell us what happened in terms of setting up your home studio and pursuing your your voice work that you were quite keen to get into. Okay, cool. Um, well, when the pandemic started, I was teaching online. And so that was about three lessons a day, 75 minutes each. Doing the math, that's like less than four hours. So I had a lot of, you know, there's like 20 other hours in the day. And I thought, you know, if, um, if I get anything out of this pandemic, then I want to, I want to actually get my voice out there. I want to be in projects. And a, a big thing that has always been my goal is just to have my existence recorded, <laughs> either through, you know, like film or television or, or voice. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I really, I got into voice. So the goals hit the bucket list is end <laughs> is ended. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just, I upgraded my studio and I just, I started looking at different sites and online platforms where you can audition mm-hmm. and where you can actually make a little bit of money or even do stuff for free, but get, get my voice out there. Mm-hmm. Let's step back a little bit. I'm sure listeners will be really curious. You said I upgraded my studio. So Tell us about that. You've got a, a what a little studio in your home. What did you do to upgrade it? And what kind of equipment and tools do you have in there? Have you soundproofed the walls or do you have kind of like panels on floor stands? Tell us about your little studio. Sure. So honestly, having a studio at, at home is it's like a science. You have to experiment. You have to try things out because the space you're in, the equipment you're using, your proximity to the mic, the quality of the mic, the quality of you and how hydrated and warmed up you are. Like there's so many variables that you have to experiment for what you have. So in my apartment, apartments here, apartments here are like really tiny, but I luckily have a walk-in closet. So there's enough space for me to move around and breathe and I have this kind of a makeshift, a makeshift setup. So I have my laptop in there. I have my preamp and then I have my microphone and that that's the basic, those are the basic components of my studio. Uh, I've treated it a bit because I do have clothes in the closet. So mm-hmm. that helps soak up some of the extra sound and the echo. But I also have covered any hard surfaces with something like I have a towel over the over like the desk that's in there. And I have I covered a paint canvas with a towel and I have that hanging on the wall to help soak up extra sound. So there's less ambient noise. So it, it sounds pretty good in there and people are willing to pay for it. So. Well, you sound great to me, and that I think that's brilliant that you're recording in your closet. I think this is becoming a trend. There was that picture that was posted on Twitter, I believe, of, uh, wasn't it, Ira Glass recording in his uh, closet in a suit and his bare feet. I remember seeing that either late last year or early this year, and someone else mentioned that their 
one of their colleagues, she was uh, recording in her closet. So this thing is really taking off. And as you described, it kind of makes like the perfect sound booth, doesn't it? Because you've got some natural uh, materials in there that will absorb any echo. It really does help. And I'm not in my closet right now. I'm just out in the living room because oh. my partner is sleeping in the bedroom right now. Okay. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just in the in the living room. It's probably about, I don't know, over 100 square feet. Mm-hmm. And it's not treated at all. Okay. So, I'm, I'm glad it sounds all right. Yeah. I, a part of it is because of my microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one. It's a, it's a cardioid. What is it? It's a dynamic cardioid pattern microphone. Right. So that makes it so it, it more it it doesn't pick up the sounds that are outside of your voice usually. Yeah, I, I have a similar kind of mic. Um, I think mine was just over one hundred and twenty dollars Canadian, but I know you can pay a lot oh, nice. more for a microphone, or even some people pay a lot less. But I'm pretty happy with what I have. So mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, you sound good. Oh, good. Thank you. I always tell people if you have like what you have works and you're, especially if you're not getting paid yet, then don't just go buy stuff. If you haven't done a lot of, of work in voiceover, I, I even suggest not even to do a demo. Hmm. Like don't even do a demo. Cause most people don't listen to your demo. If you're not, if you're just starting out, no one's going to want to listen to your demo. They just want to hear your audition uh, for your project. Oh, they don't want to hear the full range of your voice. They want to hear how your voice is going to fit into their project. Hmm. Now, let's go back into your story, Curtis. You you said you started looking online. You found places that where you could do some work. Um, can you share some of those sites with our listeners, or, or could we could we include them in the show notes? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so, for one, which one did I start with? Oh, Casting Call Club was one, mm-hmm. and that one I find is it's younger. I've gotten some gigs off of that but I haven't been paid for those ones. And it's more like it's a lot of the 20 somethings and they do stuff like dubbing, like dubbing anime or um, like independent or original projects. So that that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you're looking to make money, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to go with that, but I'd say if you, if you're looking to eventually get into animation, to get into dubbing, to get into, any kind of to get your name out in the indie scene, go with that. Mm-hmm. It, it it's just great for that to meet a bunch of creative people who are into what you're into. And other than that, I started with ACX as well. So that is an Audible company, okay. Audible Audible Amazon company, mm-hmm. and basically rights holders or authors, they put their titles up on the site, and they they tell you how much they're either willing to pay per finished hour of audio or whether they want to do a royalty share or a combination. And I went on there and I was surprised that I got a lot like, because I was surprised because when I, when I saw on their YouTube channel, they said, Oh, maybe after like 10 auditions, you might get something. Mm. But I did after them, like my first, like my first audition, I got it. So I was like, yeah, thank you. Um, so after that, I I realized, well, I love audiobooks, and I would love to be a, a part of that whole that whole world. And I and I am now. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think is really cool about it, even podcasting, is just joining somebody 
in all of their little moments. So their loneliest moments or when they're washing the dishes or they're bored or they want to learn something or they, they don't want a person in their face, but they want company. So I love being, I love the idea of being that voice and, and hearing feedback from it. Cause it's not like theater, right? You, you don't get the applause at the end. Mm. You don't get the praise at the end right away. But when I do get messages from people saying, Oh, like, uh, you're one of the narrators I can understand. So that's why I, why I found you and followed you. Or they might say, Oh, thank you for whatever this was in your podcast or you know, just things like that. It's really nice to, to hear that you're helping people out and joining them along their ride. Yeah, that must be a very rewarding feeling for you. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I totally get what you say about connecting with people when they're lonely or, you know, when they might be doing the dishes or going for a walk or whatever, because the whole thing about audio today and podcasts as well is that they carry that intimacy that radio seemed to have years ago. I don't know if it's lost it. No, I don't think it has. But uh, as a kid, uh, I grew up in England and we didn't have daytime TV when I was growing up and the radio was on all the time. And I, I just, it was kind of like my first love more so than TV. And I still love listening to the radio. And I think that really pushed me to get into podcasting because it you can do so much with it and you can really connect with people. Yeah, completely. Yeah. You must, it must be because you like connected for, to it when you were a child. Uh, like I find that I, I love listening to just other people's voices and stuff. I find it really calming. Mm-hmm. And it especially when I'm like walking my dogs and stuff like that. Sure. I love being outside with my dogs, but I'm always like going a hundred or not a hundred. I'm always going 24 mm-hmm. seven. So I'd like to be like learning something or being entertained in some way as I kind of multitask and do my, my duties. But that's a, that's a personal thing. And is a lot of that kind of entertainment for you or all the content that you're jumping into is a lot of it in, in the audio format. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I find that when you don't have a lot of time, it's great to put on something in the background to listen to as you, you know, as you do your stuff. Cool. Such as walking the dogs or <laughs> dishes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It's really cool doing audiobooks too, because you get to read books for free a lot of the time before they're released. Mm-hmm. Now let's jump into, you know, one of the key things that we want to talk about today, which is, uh, the kind of exercises or workouts or whatever you might call it, Curtis, to to get your voice ready, to get it warmed up. And secondly, how you take care of your voice and your vocal cords. So tell, okay, great. Yeah, tell us a little bit about those things. So a lot of people don't realize, actually, that when you take care of your voice, it's not just about drinking hot liquids and staying hydrated. and having the voice, but you have to take care of your body as well and what you're putting into it. Because things like dairy, it will help, or sorry, things like dairy build up mucus and things like that in your, in your throat. And that makes your voice, it makes your voice unclear. It makes it muddy. It makes it so you have to clear your throat. And when you do clear your throat, a lot of people do the cough thing. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not good for your vocal folds. So people, people don't realize that when you, when you clear your voice like that, it's not the best thing. 
you should use hot liquids. Well, not too hot liquids or swallow hard. And I, I like to say even doing cardio because it helps get your lungs working and get the, any extra phlegm or whatever you have in, in yourself out. Mm. Okay. It's funny because it's really funny because you don't realize how gross your mouth is until you start <laughs> speaking through a mm. microphone and having it reproduced back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you focus on it more. So having a healthy mouth and making sure that everything's kind of working properly and clean, it becomes more of a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it all starts yeah. though with, with being hydrated and warming it up. So huh? if there's anything you do, hydrate yourself and warm it up. Okay. So lots of fluids. I can remember I met a singer once who avoided alcohol because it, and particular, particularly red wine. She said that it dried out her vocal cords. Is that something that you do? Uh, yes, I don't really drink. Um, it's it's really bad for you. Like it's bad for me because I'd say I say you can hear it in your voice. Say the day after, if you if you drank a little too much, mm -hmm. you can you can hear it in your voice the day after. And also, it affects your productivity. I like to be on twenty four seven, and I don't ever want to feel tired or anything. I don't want my chi to be messed up, and that's why I do stuff like traditional Chinese medicine or acupuncture because it really, it helps your energy flow. It helps you be, um, it just, it helps get all your rhythms, all your circadian rhythms mm -hmm. in, in, in sync so that you can have the most productivity in your, in your life and you just feel better. So really taking care of yourself is very important to you. And I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that that includes uh, a, a good night's sleep as well. A decent number of hours sleeping. I do try my best to sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it is difficult sometimes when you have a bunch of ideas or a bunch of work. Okay. You've got an active mind, but you know that you need to rest that stuff. I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you mentioned drinking hot liquids, Curtis. Is there anything specific that you drink? Is there like a type of tea or I can remember Coldplay's lead singer, Chris Martin, saying that he relied on, I think it was honey and lemon in hot water and even wouldn't speak sometimes before a concert. I could have gotten that wrong, but I'm sure I read that somewhere. Do you do anything really specific like that in terms of what liquids you, you do drink? I think I've heard that too, actually. Uh, well, one thing that I love, it's just like, it's amazing is, um, what is it? Natural med natural medicinals. <laughs> oh, that teas. Yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah. That tea, the throat coat tea is amazing, but if you don't have that, just things with licorice or ginger or mint. I, I like to take a big hunk of ginger and just boil it and drink the water from that. Okay. And it, it really helps. But you don't have too much ginger. Yeah. Because I've heard it can make, like, it can give you heart palpitations or something like that. Yeah. So you don't have to be careful it, yeah. with how much. Yeah. Don't overdo anything. Uh, and of course... People don't realize that if you're not hydrated, you can't just go into the booth and chug a bunch of water and you'll be fine. You have to be hydrated to begin with. Mm. So, uh, yeah, making sure that you're, that you're regularly drinking water, but also that you have a little bit to splash in your mouth to swish around. Yeah. So you keep your mouth moist. Um, you don't get a dry mouth while you're speaking. I mean, I, may, I imagine in particular that is is going to be a challenge when you're you're reading an audio book 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Especially like, yeah. Any long form stuff like audiobooks, you need to have your, you got to have your routine down. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to have a bad session. You're not going to be able to, to do as much that day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have a good session after this. So thank you for warming up with me, <laughs> but, uh, you're welcome. But also there are so many little tricks like the green apple trick or the granny Smith apples. That's really good for the mouth clicks. And so are brushing your teeth. Okay. You know, like the little, the clicks and pops. No, I, I don't know. So, so move, oh. we're moving now into these techniques, share them with us. Now, what is the green apple trick? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I really want to share this with all these podcasters out there because I think a lot might think it's like any other call mm. and you can just, you know, you just get on the call. You don't have to prepare. Well, other than your show notes and things, you don't really have to prepare your outline. But you have to make sure that you are warmed up because when the only way you're engaging your audience is with your voice, everything is amplified and you're going to sound really disgusting if your mouth is all sounding pasty and if it's clicking and popping. Because certain words or certain ways we say them, they make your mouth just make these clicking sounds. Mm -hmm. All this this flapping meat that we have on our face, which is disgusting. (laughs) Okay. Uh, certain words, they just make us say certain, they, they make us uh, click or pop. Yeah, well, well, this is so true. I mean, I'm sitting here laughing, but it is true because when I look at uh, Reddit, uh, some podcast listeners do complain about the noises that some hosts make and they actually said, you know, it sounds disgusting. So anyway, it's mm-hmm. true. So anyway, go on. So and also, um if you have any links you can share with us, we'll include them in the in the show notes about these tips and tricks that you're going to share. So the first one is the, sure. the Apple trick, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah, I, and I did do a blog post because I, I have a blog, so I can share that with you because I did a post on that. Great. Um, but uh, where were we about the clicks and the pops? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like any other, it's not like any other call where you can just hop on. You are in somebody's ear and people need to remember that even for audiobooks, I have to remember I'm in someone's ear. So when it says she yelled, I'm not going to scream into the microphone, Mm. like things like that. You have to remember the intimate part of it. People are listening with headphones or earphones or, you know, they don't people who listen to audiobooks, I'd say generally want to escape for a bit. So when you take them out of it through like screaming. Yeah. It kind of ruins the whole the whole thing. That's true. But even the way that you um, shape your mouth for certain words, or yeah, the way you shape your mouth for certain words, or if you close your mouth for certain words, you're more likely to have the click or the pop. So you kind of have to have your technique. I kind of keep my mouth more open, and when I say words like uh, singing. I don't necessarily close my mouth for after I'm done saying the word singing, singing. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of, you give across the, the sound of the word, but you would never shape your mouth like that in real life. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You, you kind of let the word end on its own. Right. So to speak. Almost like, yeah, you're like giving like the idea of the word mm. you're insinuating the word, but you're getting it across. Without having that, like, click. Okay. 
Uh, so gross. Yeah. Anyway, I, we're, I'm waiting with bated breath to hear about this green apple trick. What? What is yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think honestly, I think it can be anything that's kind of tangier. Okay. Because I think it 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 like sucks up the extra bubbles and spit in your mouth. Ew. All the sorry for the imagery. No, that's okay. But um, it kind of soaks up all that extra stuff in your mouth, and. So what because do you do? Do you pop a, a piece of apple into your mouth? Is that is that the idea? I know a lot of people cut apples up into little slices. I don't have time for that. <laughs> oh. I I just take a bite of it through this throughout the session. Oh, I see. Okay, so you kind of take put the recording on pause, and you take a a bite of an apple, and it kind of refresh refreshes your mouth, kind of like a, a palate cleanser, like some sorbet between courses. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. So I rotate between, yeah, like the throat coat tea, a bite of the apple, a swish of water. I'm and then you. You can, okay. you'll have way more longevity for your session. That makes sense. And that keeps mm-hmm. your voice fresh. And even though you might have been working for an hour or two, it sounds as though you're fresh as when you just started. Exactly. Cool. And it'll just make it, especially because most. Uh, most clients, most services that you will get voiceover work for, especially if you have a home studio, you're going to be editing and mastering your own audio. So you have to make sure that you make it easiest for you in the first place by doing all the pre-work, you know, warming up, making sure you're healthy, uh, making sure that you're hydrated, making sure that you've read over what you're reading so that you don't have a bunch of flubs or mess ups. Because mm-hmm. that saves you so much time in, in editing. They're paying for the finished audio. They're not paying for, you know, every moment you put into it. So mm-hmm. you ha- doing the, the pre-work, doing the pre-production work is so worth it. It's going to pay off, yeah. Yeah, don't just jump in there and open the book and start reading. Maybe some people can do that, but I don't, I honestly don't think anyone can do that well if they're editing their own stuff. Yeah, I mean, even as a podcaster, I I always pre-read stuff if I'm going to be reading it out at the start of my podcast. I don't just kind of like pick it up and start reading it. I go through it first. So I know the material. And also, I write it for the ear. Now, that might not be the case for your kind of work, Curtis, because the author is writing for a reader, whereas you're reading for a listener. So that's Mm -hmm. a little bit different. How do you handle things like longer sentences or phrases that might sound difficult? Uh, So the funny thing about that is (laughs) I always deal with this because certain sentences, well, I can, just because I have a a great, a greater lung capacity than most Mm -hmm. because I'm active and I'm a performer. So I can say like a three line sentence, no problem. Are three line sentences the best? Well, I'm not a judge for the author. So, (laughs) but other than that, if you can't do it an entire line in one breath, or say if two words together, and this is a big thing, if two words together are difficult to say clearly, then you can space them out. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. So I would be like, uh, the trajectory. So those thing, the trajectory, when you go from the the to the tra, mm-hmm. it can kind of uh, get enveloped into each other. And just sound like you're mumbling. So saying them, staggering the words and saying them separately 
but then editing it through cutting out the the spaces in between, you can make it sound natural. That's you a can good even tip, say the yeah. same line. Yeah, you can say the same line. Stop, take a breath, continue. But you have to continue with the same tone and energy as you did before, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. When I think about saying the trajectory, it's quite hard. A lot of people, um, not a lot, but some people have difficulties with R and the J. So you, you've got quite a lot going on there, don't you, with your lips and your mm -hmm. tongue when you say the trajectory trajectory i can't even say it so yeah <laughs> totally tips like that space them out and then edit them afterwards good idea right. yeah um the word the word adventure for me it always gets messed up mm. and i don't know why everything i'm reading has the word adventure in it maybe because i'm doing a lot of fiction lately but i i always mess up that word so i have to like really i i have i, I just i mess it up i hate that word mm -hmm. <laughs> side note but you you notice it uh, in your pre-read and then you're prepared for it, yeah? Definitely. Yeah. Now, a couple of people that I know who've worked in film or on the stage have done a lot of uh, vocal work or exercise by talking a lot with a cork in their mouth. Um, oh. Yeah, between their teeth and, and speaking or reading something. And it, it forces the jaw open for, you know, People who may mumble a bit, or I know some regional accents in, in Britain and perhaps other parts of the world, the enunciation isn't so clear. So do you, do, yeah, do you do anything like that to kind of like open up your jaw a little bit ahead of your work or, or you just kind of do your breathing exercises and various other things? I do. I, I do so many things, but one thing is, is not the cork thing. As I said, I don't really drink that much, so I don't think we have corks in the house. But I want to try that. Uh, a big part of the theory is that when you use vowel sounds, you know, A, E, A, O, you're kind of doing mouth aerobics. Okay, you're stretching your mouth out in every possible way you can. And okay. that's what you want to do. You want to have a greater range of movement for your mouth so that you can say any possible word with ease without mumbling. But Combining that or sandwiching it in between hard consonants, so things like bat, cat, thought, not, eat, or no, beat. Mm -hmm. So you see what I mean? Like the, the first and last letter would be a hard consonant, like the b, f, k, t. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, and then in between vowel sounds, a, e, i, o, u, that helps you that, that like those are your your mouth aerobics so that you stretch out your mouth you move the jaw your hard palate your soft palate all all the stuff so that you have that greater range of movement hmm. so, so i like to do that that's good and do you do any breathing exercises before you you either do audiobook reading or any kind of voiceover uh yes i i um i do like some meditation and things like that because it is so important to just shut down sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you've heard of um, transcendental meditation. For sure, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm doing it right. But I basically, I think of a some kind of phrase that will amp me up or make me calm or just, you know, get me, re get me in the mood. So it might be something like, wait, 
Would you mind if I like go into my notes? I, I have know. a I have a bunch of little phrases. Yeah. I can share one. Sure. They're kind of like little affirmations. Okay. Yeah, little affirmations or mantras. So one that I like because I I get like anxious sometimes. You know, when you're when you're going all day, and you know, there's always something on your mind. It, you're obviously going to get anxious. Mm-hmm. So one one of them that I have is, you are amazing, strong, kind, powerful, and beautiful. So you just think of that phrase in your mind over and over again as you kind of close your eyes and not take a nap, but explore the words within that phrase. You know, you might think amazing and you imagine the word amazing kind of cascading down a mountain or strong and you, you envision some moment when you were strong, kind, and you just feel it. You kind of feel that, uh, kind of visualize it in your heart. You're kind, you're powerful, you're beautiful. And when you tell that, over and over again to yourself. It just puts you in a good state of mind and it kind of calms you down because you're not thinking about anything outside of that, that mantra or those words. Mm, you're focusing so that, your mind and, and being positive as well. Right. Yeah. You have to be in the right state of mind. If you just had a fight with whoever your friend or your partner or had some traumatic moment, it's not the best time to get in the booth and start recording. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you'll probably have the energy with you, won't you? That kind of anger or, I don't know, feeling of rejection, whatever it is that you're carrying around with you. Um, it exactly. will affect your performance, won't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it happens after I make a mistake multiple times. Like if I make, if I say, if I keep messing up that word adventure a million times or advantageous, anything with the advent in it is so hard for me to say. Mm. But if I mess it up a bunch of times and then I continue the line, I'll have that angry attitude oh. and it, and then you listen back to it and you'll, you'll be like, Oh, that sounds terrible. I have to go re-record the whole thing now. Oh, wow. So make sure you're in the right mood. <laughs> yeah. Now I am curious about, um, when you listen to an incredibly good narrator, you know, I'm thinking, for example, I used to, I had this phase a few years ago where I listened to some really old, Orson Welles radio dramas and you know his voice is superb mm-hmm. and he he would adopt different kind of not accents but his voice he could modify his voice you know so you knew which character in this drama was speaking right and which must be an incredible talent I can't do that I'm not talking about putting on accents mm-hmm. but just the tone and the nuance and you knew that you know it was somebody else he was some other character that he was in are you able to do that, Curtis? And and do you have any any tips or things that you can share with people who might want to be able to do that as they advance in their vocal work? Uh, definitely, that's such a good question because it's hard, especially when you're doing narration. People have a hard time remembering that you're not acting, you're not doing impressions, you're not completely embodying a character, you're not playing you know twenty characters in your book you're being the narrator and you're more so bringing the idea of the character or you're bringing the energy of the character. So when I'm playing a bunch of different characters or not playing a, when I'm narrating a bunch of different characters in a book, like I am now, uh, 
I make sure that I know who that person is. I know what their pacing is like. I know what their tone is like. And I have at least one word that describes them, whether it's timid, you know, like they're, you know, they're, um, their core characteristic it might be timid or it might be um, headstrong or it might be uh, something more, something more, um, something more imagery based, such as like, you know, airy. If it's a, if it's a supporting character, it doesn't matter as much, mm-hmm. but I like to know, I like to know who the person is so I can give the idea of it rather than actually embody a character and play these characters. And so whenever you're reading a part or somehow referencing that character in the work that you're reading, you, you have that word in mind and it, it kind of affects your whole presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course your posture too. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, your posture. I, I did a video on resonation. Uh, on my Instagram, but uh, vocal resonation is really how how you can switch between the characters and actually give the idea of them. Mm. So say, because uh, you, you have all these different resonators in your body, and basically it's kind of where sound reverberates from, depending on where you're holding the tension, on where you're uh, kind of contriving or manipulating your body to make sound from. Mm-hmm. So your throat... Some people have a very throaty voice. Some people have a a deeper, like from the pit of their stomach voice. And some some like to talk basically from the from their head, their, their like their head voice. So <laughs> when you when you think of where the sound is coming from from their body, yeah, I know it's kind of silly, but when, no, it's, not, when it's funny. Of, <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, which part of it? Say your your chest. If if you're a proud character, you might talk. You might speak from your chest. Wherever you, wherever you think that the sound would come from for that character, they like imagine a puffed chest or a really throaty, a smoker, uh, kind of put your hand there and feel whether this, whether that part of your body is vibrating. Mm. And if it is, that's where you that's where the sound is resonating from. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. No, I, I, actually, when you were doing those voices, it reminded me of some of the uh, comedians that I, I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very good at uh, putting different voices on and it is so much work. So, yeah. Those are it great. Is. And yeah. that's why it's important to, to stay healthy. Uh, remember what your goal is. So if you're really excited about, say, getting a job, uh, you may be your first big job and you're going to start the next day. It's not the best idea to go out and party and celebrate. Mm. The best thing to do is take care of yourself, be grateful and get some rest. Very good tip. So that you can so, yeah. have all that energy. Yeah. And and just before we sign off, Curtis, um, mm-hmm. tell listeners about your Instagram channel because it is so valuable. And I've watched some of your videos there. You post an instructional video. Is it once a week? Yeah, about once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this week is going to be on projection. Um, so my Instagram handle is at... I don't know why they put the at thing at Curtis V O V A C U R T I S V O V A. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. And I realize that not, not everyone listening today will want to get into audio narration or voiceovers or that kind of thing. But most people listening will be either listening to or producing podcasts or giving various other presentations 
in their workplace and for everybody having a better a better voice and a better vocal presentation is a good thing. So it's been mm-hmm. really helpful, Definitely. Curtis. Is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off? I just want to say uh, anyone who's looking to get into voiceover, I welcome you to join. I welcome you to be my competition because the beautiful thing about the human voice is that we are there. It's so nuanced and uniquely different from everyone. So you're not necessarily in competition with everyone, but uh, I just welcome you to put your voice out there, share your story. That's great. I hope people do. I'm sure people will, will take that, take up that invitation. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you.